do you feel like your money was well spent? <laughs> Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today we're talking with Trey, again, our longest standing guest. Um, and today we're going to be talking about his experience with a dating coach. That's basically what it's called, right? Yep. Yeah. Dating coach. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't feel like you need to introduce yourself since you've been on our, on our show so many times. <laughs> the, res- but, the resident Ken Jennings. Yeah, but I'm curious, Um, what is your, like, why Why did you want to go to a coach? And I'm curious how you found this person. Yeah, so I found this person because one of my friends who will go unnamed uh, <laughs> was like, hey, I like have been struggling with dating uh, or like just progressing to relationships and dating and wanted to get some feedback from a real human being on what that dating should be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm going to take the class. You should take the class too. I was like, yeah, I'll take the class. Uh, so that's pretty much like how I like learned about it and signed up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who I like took the class with has like an Instagram profile that I like followed a lot of, and just like looked at a lot of posts. I was like, yeah, you know, some of this resonates, some of it doesn't. Uh, but one of the things that she was like, Putting forward is that if you are interested in going deeper into any of the things that I'm sharing on Instagram, you should take this sort of five class workshop. Uh, and I was like, that's pretty compelling, I think, uh, mm-hmm. for me who hasn't been in a relationship in several years. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I think I'll give it a shot and, and see how that goes. Was the workshop like, um, <coughs> like everyone in a Zoom basically? Was that kind of what the setup was? Yeah, exactly. It was all over Zoom and uh, videos off and then it was optional if you wanted to share your name. So like privacy was sort of like an important facet of, of facilitating that class. Um, hmm. But uh, That's so interesting because yeah. I really wanted to know what the demographics of like everyone else in class was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I also asked Shrey this. Yeah. Yeah, and so I don't I don't know who else was in the class um, other than my one friend because like we had talked about it in real life. Right. Um, but, but how uh, many people were in? You could see how many people were in the Zoom. There were about thirty people in the in the class in the oh, workshop. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so big money being made by the standing coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you you joined the first class. Everyone's like on on off video. Did you choose to share your name? Um, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, I, you have I was a pretty like, recognizable name. Exactly. Right? So I was like, I was like, I'll be John Doe. Like that was yeah. like my my moniker in, in the class. Um, Did other and, people pick that same one? Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would pick that. <laughs> Most people like there was like a moment where some people logged in with their existing Zoom accounts and you could see their real name and they quickly change it to something else. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, because I was gonna say like, how would that work if you had you know you're just presumably logging in? Yeah, normal you can Zoom. change your Zoom name from your settings. You don't have to do it in video. But I think okay. it's a, I think it'd be hilarious if like they logged back into whatever application they were previously using Zoom for. It just had their like alias on there instead of their real name. They're like, oh, I gotta change it back to my real name in the setting. Yeah. Uh, but um. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, so I, from the FAQs that this coach has on their website, I can make a guess as to some of the demographic leanings. One of the questions on her website is straight up, does this work for Indian men? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> really? I was like, all right. Wow. <laughs> target demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I can make an assumption <laughs> that that is probably some proportion of the attendees in the course, um, but nothing, nothing beyond that. 
Well, I'm, I'm um, curious as to like if there was like a pretty stark gender breakdown because I checked out this person's Instagram and it seems extremely like geared towards men. It is. Yeah. So okay. it's like it's a cishet woman teaching a course on dating to cishet men, presumably for like monogamous, monogamous relationships. Like okay. it's a very like specific segment. Demographic yeah. Yeah. niche. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, <laughs> I mean... Is is what is this? What is this Indian? What is the bottom of this Indian men thing? Like, why why do you think why do you think there's a specific FAQ about? So this? there has been like some analysis done on the proportion of dating app profiles that get swiped right on for like mm-hmm. both sort of cishet genders, um, and <laughs> like Indian men just struggle on dating apps. Like that's just a like something that's known in the world about like the way that swipe rights go for men. Um, I'm not too privy to what the women's are. Well, I guess from let's start big and go small from like an overarching standpoint. Do you feel like your money was well spent? <laughs> 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 I mean, I, like and maybe we'll get into this but it's like i didn't think that i learned anything new particularly in the class it was just helpful to have it like structured and given a language that i could then reflect on right so mm-hmm. um was it worth the big bucks probably not uh but, <laughs> but was it was it like a helpful workshop like did i like gain something from it i did it's just i don't Right. I, I think that there, maybe a more accessible price point would have made it more valuable. Well, yeah. and also, I mean, like, when you talk about the just the, the swiping stuff, nothing she teaches you, per se, can really, like, if that's just a demographic thing that, like, you know, Indian men don't perform as well, like, that's, like, probably even if you had an outstanding profile, that doesn't necessarily change that particular demographic issue, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so she talks a lot about, like, crafting an ideal dating app profile. And like a part of the mm-hmm. workshop is also her giving feedback on your profile. So you would send like screenshots and like what your bio is and like what oh, your prompts are. And she would give you individualized mm-hmm. feedback uh, for like how you can improve that based off of the way that, you know, she suggests structuring your profile. Um, mm-hmm. So even within that realm of like Indian men don't perform as well on dating apps, there is room for optimization. And I think mm-hmm. she did try to to push towards that to a certain extent. Yeah. Right. Well, did she go into any of that demographic stuff in her class of like, look, there's just some chances that you won't do well? Or was it all like, so like was was the framing like you could you can be better and I can Yeah, a better. big a big theme early on was like there while there are certainly patterns to what women prefer uh in general like the the biggest one she was talking about was like height, right? Like mm. if you're if you if you're not if you're not taller, if you're not shorter and even that doesn't have to be like a a, a limiting factor. But like her like uh like one of the things that I'm looking at is like like there are millions of women who are attracted to you physically and millions who aren't. And you don't need to waste any energy on the women that aren't attracted to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that sort of mentality was one just like, it doesn't matter if this person isn't attracted to you physically for whatever reason, find the people that are right. Mm-hmm. And, and which I think is right. like a pretty 
I think that's a pretty valid point to make about. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I I mean, mean, it did sound like based on the notes that you sent us that she was sort of it wasn't like totally like a queer eye. Like, oh, here's how to like, you know, make yourself, you know, like re envision yourself or whatever. But there were some basic like appearance level type things in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, like grooming, right? Like yeah. hair, teeth, <laughs> nails. Right. right? Uh, <laughs> I love how she had to lay it out that like face, like, you know, that directly, you know? <laughs> hair, teeth, nails. Take care of these things. Yeah. <laughs> so was it, I mean, you, you already remarked that you feel like you already knew all the things, but how, you know, first class, how baseline what was the first lesson, do you feel? Like grooming is like, you know, that feels like, somewhat near the baseline to me but not entirely because like grooming can be challenging right especially for you know especially for like trying to figure out what people want or whatever the fuck you know but how yeah how baseline was it um so like the things that i thought were kind of baseline were like you know certainly the grooming stuff and again when i say baseline it's not like I do all of these things perfectly. It's like, I knew these were things, yeah. even if I don't do them. Right. right. Like, right. like these are probably the reasons why like, right. I'm not doing my room looks like shit, <laughs> but, I, but I, I clean it right before a woman comes over. Like whatever, You're right. You know, yeah, I gotcha. Um, but like the things that were maybe a little bit more valuable that, that I definitely coming from like zero generation immigrant background, where my parents had arranged marriages and like never really had to worry about dating was like how do like like how do you really flirt right like what is flirting how does that mm. work right because uh, it's like I still don't know the answer right I mean was she able to tell you that like do you feel like she answered that she had a framework for it yeah really uh, she uh, I liked talk- all of her acronyms I thought yeah. those were great <laughs> marketing marketing tools for a marketing problem exactly uh, but uh, like they I, I again I don't have this all like committed to memory but like this idea of like creating connection, trying to find fit, um, and just being like, just like having fun, not being like too invested in the outcome of what's about to happen. Um, another thing that I thought was really insightful was like how to like engage in physical touch in a non creepy way. Right. Mm. Like that's, it's like elbows, (laughs) hands, Uh shoulders. That's all you need. (laughs) um, No torso. No torso. Uh, and even even that got to like a level of detail that I was like, this is actually really interesting that we're talking about it in this much detail. It's like prolong eye contact for like a second longer than you feel comfortable. Like if mm-hmm. you do to go for like the elbow or shoulder, touch for two seconds, no longer, no shorter. And I'm like, wow. okay, that's like a good like way to sort of frame it. But it's like um, it's like all, again, all about being like authentic, being like playful, smiling, right? Like being an important part of it. Uh, I love how she's like be authentic, but also you're sitting there counting the seconds you're touching the shoulder. (laughs) Right. And and I think that this is like the thing with authenticity in general. It's like if you're trying to change your behavior, so there is going to be a period of like incongruency between what's going on internally and like what your actuals are. But eventually it becomes natural enough that that is just your authentic behavior. It's like I don't need to count anymore. I just have an intuition for how long to to like touch someone's elbow. Well, I mean, I have like, I think probably a number of autistic friends who like literally need something like that where it's like, okay, like, you know, I I literally like, you know, it just doesn't come organically, right? To like figure out how to do a lot of those like, you know, social things. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, you do, it, it is actually quite helpful to like have those things broken down in such an explicit way 
Because, like, you know, I, I remember having friends who've asked me, like, oh, well, like, how do I modulate my tone? And it's, like, so, I was, you know, it's something that is so, it was, like, a very shocking question to me because I'm, like, I don't know how to explain to someone how to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Baseline. It's like, so yeah, complex. Like stuff that is, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, if I mean, you don't why, think about how complex that's why it is. AIs, that's why AIs are so bad at mimicking it. Right. right? It's, like, incredibly complex yeah and then like if it does if it's not something that you can just know how to do then like trying to like piece together a lot of those things seems like it would be like next to impossible right yeah exactly i mean deandre and i've talked about this concept before of like the click uh Mm -hmm. where it's like it can be for anything right like for we've talked about the context of like music theory where it's like it comes to a point where you're listening to a song or music and like you just know what the chord progression is you can just harmonize it if you want to you have the click there's right. a click there's right. a click for dating too right for, like for sure you just sort of like 100 percent understand how all those things work and it's like i don't have the click i would like mm-hmm. to have the click but like yeah. it's going to take practice and time to get the click i think right yeah yeah i think that one thing that resonates with me about what you said so far about her kind of approach is like this like light disinvestment like not from like not from the you know like you should be present when you're talking to somebody but like the disinvestment from the process as a whole you know like of the framing of like dude there are people that find you attractive like you know there are things you can do but like we don't we as a like adult humans don't have time to waste time like you know pining over people or like trying to trying to make something work with someone that doesn't want to be with you in that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long, how long was each class? Uh, about two hours, two and a half hour sessions. Oh, and uh, this is like three sessions, right? Five. 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 Oh, wow. Sessions. So that's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's like 10 hours. Yeah. So I guess per hour. It makes it's sense. actually like, it works you know, right. a, lot a lot of content. Of, it's a lot of material. Right? It's a lot of content yeah. to, to deliver. And it's like, I, so I shared notes, but, I have access to like the recordings from the sessions, some worksheets, all the slides, uh, some other like recommended reading materials, like books and guides that she's published. Uh, so a lot of content went into, and a lot of time went into that. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I thought was most interesting and like not necessarily intuitive to me based on the notes that you shared with us was her whole concept of like, they like women don't necessarily care where you are as long as you can prove that you have a trajectory and you're like going in a good direction. Yeah. That was really interesting to me. And I, I was wondering if you also felt like that was unintuitive. Yeah, I had like, I mean, I, I think that the default reaction for most people is like, where am I today is what right. matters the most. Right. Um, but I mean, I guess like because this coach told me that like this is a possibility that people are interested in where you'll be 10 years from now more than they're interested in where you are today. Like that's sort of like how I learned to conceptualize that. I never would have come to that conclusion of my own accord. But okay. do you think that she's right? I, I can't speak to that. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, like I guess when I like I don't really like use dating apps or go on dates, but I guess like intuitively to me it sounds like this this person is sort of catering to like the this like a specific um like type of woman who is like trying to basically go for not like 
like the gold digger stereotype necessarily, but like is looking for like specifically like the type of man that like she wants to marry and who is going to be like, you know, sort of successful or whatever. Right. Yeah. In a very yeah. conventionally like societally conventional sense. Right. And like, I don't know if most of my female friends, like when they go on dates, if they're, th I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I certainly don't think they talk about it in those types of explicit terms. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But like, is that what's going on like subconsciously? I mean, maybe, but I feel like that's more true in an era where women can't like, you know, basically make their own money and like are more dependent upon men in that way. You know right. what I mean? And I like whenever someone presents like a formula for something as complex as human social interaction, I'm it's like certainly oversimplified immediately critical of it, like immediately right. skeptical of what's going on. Um, I almost want to see what the dating workshop looks like for like women wanting to date men and like right. doing like a side by side comparison of like, does this really map with the actual human experiences that people are having when they engage in dating situations? Yeah. Um, but I like, it's just like, I think the workshop was a good foundation Mm -hmm. of like language and tools and skills that you could use in dating but to to make the assessment that every single woman on the planet like wants this yeah right it's like that's that's to me ridiculous like i don't think that that makes any sense at all yeah. right i mean do you i mean i'm also curious I, I was kind of like surprised that it was like sort of a women coaching all like a woman coaching all of these men as yeah. opposed to like a man coaching other men yeah like do you feel like that was um like that dynamic was sort of a necessary part of it or do you think it would have potentially been useful from to like get kind of like the the male perspective you know yeah what I, mean? I, I do think the male perspective could have been important or helpful but like there's a lot more validity i think mm -hmm. when it is a woman saying this is what women want right as right. opposed to like a dude being like yeah this is i'm a i'm a dating coach i know how to date women let me teach let me teach you the tricks of the trade i'm like that's a little off-putting and creepy almost to a certain extent to to go into a workshop with with a guy that does yeah you're right yeah. i mean and i guess i've only ever heard of women being dating coaches i've never heard of a guy being a dating coach mm -hmm. and, and i guess it just sort of like follows in that stereotype of women being the sort of like more enigmatic gender or whatever like hard to crack but like do you feel like in your um experiences in dating like, is that sort of what the issue was? Is that like, you know, it like was not intuitive, like what the various women that you've dated had been looking for. And like, those were sort of like problems were in those in that kind of vein. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where like I matched with someone on a dating app. We went on a couple of dates and eventually progressed to a relationship. Usually it was mm -hmm. in the context of like someone that I'd known for a while or for a long time. And that like sort of organically developed into something that was romantic. Um, so like it, it was for me, it was less about like how does dating work? Like, and more so about how do I like start going on dates or initiate a relationship in 2022 uh, when I don't have like, you know, a college campus of 30,000 people, right? right. Or, or like the, the strong social circles that come from that type of environment. Um, like, and, and so there is an element of this, that this workshop that was also, or these workshops that was also like, how do you meet women in person? Um, and like, 
that type of the whole interaction with that, like flirting in person and, you know, like walking up to someone who you want to talk to and, and how all that works. That to me is like super intimidating still. Like I don't and just right. like, like one of the things that this coach talked about was like, uh, you know, approach women without expectation. And if they reject you, you know, suspend your ego. I don't know if it's about ego. It's more so this fear of like, I don't want to be creepy to even one person, right? Like if I make one person uncomfortable, it doesn't matter like what my success rate is. Like, I think that that's like not worth the, the trade-off. I don't know if that's like a good read on the situation or not, but that's like the core intuition that I sort of held on to as we were going through that part of the workshops. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, mm. the most difficult element of the whole dating thing for men is that like, I'm never going to be seen as a threat in a cishet like dynamic right mm -hmm. but men are right and like that's a serious hurdle to overcome right because like you know the louis ck skit that where he's like yeah the number one threat to women is men it's crazy that women ever go on dates with strangers <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, <laughs> yeah it's crazy that women ever date men ever. right right so like you know having to overcome the threat of potentially like you know this person getting raped and murdered is quite a difficult hurdle to overcome right because like you know, there's no obvious way to signal that in a way that someone can ever completely trust. You can't really, as soon as you say, I'm not a serial killer, like you already right. need some type of credibility. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Cause like, you know, recently I've been, I was, I, I've been like looking for housing. Right. And, um, I was trying to join this group of like two other women. Um, and, they they rejected me and the reason why was because they're like oh well we don't want to have men over in the house like ever hmm. and i was like oh i can't really agree to that <laughs> but like wow yeah so they're asking me like oh like you know how often do you expect you're, you're gonna have like you know like overnight guests and stuff like that and i was just thinking to myself like you know all of the male like group houses that I know of, like that would never, like that's like unfathomable that that would be a question. Like, oh, mm -hmm. how often do you expect to have women over? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that that's not even considered a question that I think would that would be like appropriate to ask in like a, in a male context a lot of the time. It's like, is this your business? Like, why why are you asking me this? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in that light, like the quest to figure out, you know, the quote unquote right way to engage with a woman in, you know, like a flirtatious manner makes a lot of sense. It's complicated. It's very complicated. And like, there is like no, I mean, some women probably will just be sussed out by almost, and like, you know, obviously there's the dynamic of like, when they're attracted to you and you do one thing, it's, you know, it's like, you know, charming and hot versus if they're not attracted to you, it it's like creepy. Like you can't really ever evade that dynamic, right? <laughs> And like, you're not going to know if they're actually attracted to you. So like, there's always sort of going to be this suspended <laughs> uncertainty, right? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did yeah. this woman advocate trying to like get off the apps and do more in-person stuff? Um, be I think out of like COVID awareness, like she acknowledged that that's probably a really difficult thing to do mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, so like a lot of it was just like the the one thing that stuck with me that she did advocate for was to flirt with women that you're not romantically interested in to practice flirting so you get better at flirting when you are romantically interested in someone and it's like not like a, like a but doesn't that seem a little ethically topic. dubious 
Yeah, the I was whole thing like, is. Right? is the whole thing yeah. is. <laughs> you know, I was when I first started dating my now fiance, I was like talking about I was like jokingly I remember this this conversation so distinctively because I was jokingly talking about like oh so you liked like this move that I do on my dates and she was like yeah you know it, that makes me uncomfortable because you're just like that's just manipulation but like and is it? I'm like because I have moves I feel is, like everyone has like you know yeah I mean here's whatever, the thing right? I disagree and I agree and I disagree. I agree with like I think the like by the book definition, but I disagree with the um with like the connotation, mm-hmm. I'd say. You know, like I think that we're all manipulating each other all the time and that we're like trying to communicate uh with like you know, with people to get them to perceive us in a certain way a lot of the time and the things that we do to get people to perceive us in a way are probably manipulative a little bit right like i think almost by definition so but there is some i mean i don't know there's some point there's some like point where it becomes it feels not good anymore well i mean you know is it manipulation just based on oh you're behaving in such a way because you want something from this other person because like that's always true for the most part right, right? that's my that's my point yeah so when so where's the line i'm gonna look up manipulate manipulation to see what's up that's like yeah for me that's Maybe. like a very gray term like i don't i have a very like loose understanding of what that's supposed to mean the action of manipulating someone in a clever or unscrupulous way unscrupulous. so i'm gonna look up uh, yeah unscrupulous well it seems like it's only like considered manipulation at least by this definition if it's kind of nefarious right right like <laughs> right but like so what's the, is so what's the word for it if it's not nefarious? nefarious like i don't think so i feel like everyone i mean not everyone obviously but like a lot of people want that and if you both want it, then like there's no problem, right? So is the so is the <laughs> is the non-negative connotation like is the flirty version of manipulating just flirting with people? Is that what it is? No, flirting doesn't have the investment, DeAndre. Uh, <laughs> no expectations in flirting. <laughs> I see. I see. I um, see. No, but like, I think about like how okay, so like on a lot of the dates that I go on with people that I match with on Hinge, uh, we end up doing like the, those like 36 questions to fall in love thing that Mm -hmm. the New York times published uh, a while ago, or it was originally like some study for building connection with strangers. That was then published by the New York times. It's like a dating thing. Um, And only like of the dozens of times that I've done these questions, both on dates and not on dates with friends, um, I've only twice been asked by the person I was doing them, like, do you do this on every date? To which I can only <laughs> say, like, yes. Because, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, like, especially the first time you engage those questions, especially if you haven't thought about those things before, it's like a very, like, vulnerable experience and, like, one where you're opening up a lot about, theoretically opening up a lot about things that maybe you haven't talked to a stranger about before. Uh, but like, right. like which, when was the last time you cried or something? Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, I just think about those things all the time. So like, yeah. to me, it's like, like, I don't know, like uh, these questions are helpful to sort of set the stage for it, but I would like to know these things right. about you regardless of if we were going to be in a romantic relationship or not. Right. Um, so is that, I think I, yeah. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was saying, I think I found a, a definition that, maybe helps us a little bit so control or influence a person or situation cleverly unfairly or unscrupulously so i think that like 
the cleverly might be where this this fits in. I don't know. There's like you, like you have a bit of a clever intention that's here. A like you know, that's a big or. That's a big or in that definition. It's a big or. It's a big, big or. But I think that like for someone like me, I mean, when I'm on dates, it feels almost like the ask to act authentic is like damn near impossible for me because this is not an authentic thing to be doing. Right. right? It's quite unnatural. So I can like and I'm you know, I, I think that's why my flirting ends up just reading as like the way that I'm like talk to someone when I'm, when I'm flirting with them is like almost the exact same way that I talk to someone if I'm just like having an engaged conversation mm-hmm. or like, you know, having some banter. Right. Um, and so eventually I just say like, hey, I like you, you know, like like because I, I don't know what you're supposed to do, you know, like, yeah. And so I don't know the like the idea that you know, in order to like avoid manipulation, you should just like act naturally or like not have intentions with what you're trying to do with what you're with, with where your flirting ends up. That also, I don't know, it feels unrealistic. You know, well, it's like we're all here to we're all here to figure something out. Right. It seems like the literally like the you like the word flirtation itself. Right. Implies a certain like, you know, like being sort of like on the edge of like you know being actually like truthful or something about like what you're looking for like it seems to sort of imply a certain amount of deception just like in the very nature of the word or a certain not deception but like manipulation in the very nature of the word right of like you know this connotation of like oh like you can't really tell like is this person like you know coming on to me or are they not are they just being really friendly you know what i mean right like yeah I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is described as like a, like a game for a reason, right? right. It's like a, a like a whether you're like the chaser or the chasee. There's all kinds of dynamics that like you know if you're not inviting them or if you're if they're coming from someone that you perceive as the wrong person or whatever, it can turn really really nasty real quick. Well, it's just literally predicated on literally like a, a catch twenty two of like you know you can't <laughs> like it's considered this thing you're supposed to do. But it is inherently sort of, unless you're doing exactly what you're describing, DeAndre, where you just come out and say, like, hey, I'm into you. Like, it's inherently sort of deceptive, right? Mm-hmm. In a certain way. A little bit. Because it's like, you know, you're, the whole point is that you are sort of like conveying interest in a non-direct way, right? Right. I mean, there there are entire rom-coms about this. Right. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen Hitch? No. You've never seen Hitch? No. I haven't seen Hitch. Oh, my God. Neither of you have seen Hitch? No. It is one of the best Will Smith movies of all time, and you can fucking quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, his, his character is just like a dating doctor, mm-hmm. you know? And he, like, you know, he is very much... I Honestly, some of the advice that he gives reminds me of what Shrey's dating coach has said of, like, you know you should be authentic. You should be a version of yourself. Like you shouldn't be putting on a complete front, but there are things that you have to do mm-hmm. and such and like setting up a situation for success and Hitch's eyes is completely fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that, you know, defining, figuring out what your definition of success is, is also, I think in Hitch's eyes, which by the way, this is a fake, a fictional movie character, right? Sure. It's completely fine. Um, he does have a bit of a, a turning, a turn, a, a, a light change of methodology uh, towards the end of the movie, but I don't want to spoil it because I do think that both of you should watch it. Okay. 
Um, so the, in the marketing for this class, it was like a couple of different types of profiles of people that may be interested in, in taking the class. And the first was like, uh, people that have invested heavily in their career, but not in like their dating lives, which is probably like, if I was going to put myself in a bucket, I'd probably fit into that one. Um, the next was like people that have recently divorced or been out of like a long-term relationship that need to find out how to engage in dating with dating apps uh, in, in the modern day and age. Uh, and I was like, that's fascinating. Like I would love to hear sort of how things have changed. Like if you were good at dating at one point and now just <laughs> the way you're suddenly not like that to me sounds like an interesting narrative to dig into. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, I to take shorty to, to the soda fountain. <laughs> to, to the soda fountain. I guess to take her to the soda fountain in my, in my muscle car. <laughs> Now they don't want that anymore. <laughs> Go ahead as well. Well, I was just going to say, like, I feel like it did seem a little bit like that to me in terms of like the way this this whole thing is is marketed. I mean, even this whole the whole notion of like making a course based on the premise of what women want does feel like a little bit like 90s or 80s to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how old is this woman estimate like wise? early 30s i think hmm. got it so so a millennial probably yeah. a millennial i would for say for sure yeah wow maybe we should try to get her on the pod yeah. <laughs> 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 wow that would be pretty wild if this person was on this call right now hearing me talk about their yeah. class <laughs> i don't know how comfortable i feel about that <laughs> yeah Oh my god. Because I okay. do want to know like what leads you into that kind of a profession, you know? Because it is kind of bold to be able to say like let me tell you like what women want, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, you know, that that seems a little bit like, you know, who are you, you know? Yeah, to be like I've got the goods. Right. <laughs> you know. I mean, maybe does she have some sort of like psychology degree or something like i don't know like, that's the most i, I can know. think of that would be like maybe applicable that would give you more maybe like an edge on other people giving advice but like i could teach this class you know right <laughs> <laughs> well it's easy to, it's easy to teach a class once you've seen the content right like coming up with the content is the hard part uh but i i think that like definitely from the way she taught the class and like from the themes of the class she does seem to have some sort of background in like psychology and marketing right like those are like the two circles that i think of domain knowledge that she's probably drawing on as she put together these materials and i will say that a lot of the course felt like therapy to a certain extent where it was like uh like here are the behaviors you've been exhibiting these are the behaviors you desire let's learn to acknowledge those behaviors act in a different way and eventually naturalize the new behaviors. So I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm making some connections to other parts of my life from the way that the pedagogy of this class was. Yeah. I, I'm really curious how she sort of engaged with the whole, like we had a whole episode on like desirability politics, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm curious whether she engages at all with like, you know, to what degree does like any of her advice sort of involve basically like changing an element of who you are because like you know there is there is literally just a societal like hierarchy of like what most people find conventionally attractive 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it has to do with your physical appearance or your personality, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like, was wh- like, what was her sort of like take on that, if there was one, you know? Yeah, and I think like if I were to sort of summarize, it was like the foundation is an acceptance of yourself. Right. Like, uh, so Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're putting out to the world, if you're not happy with yourself, if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to attract anyone around you. Yeah. Right. So start. I think I generally agree with that principle. I think it's a great principle to have in life in general. Uh, I agree with that. And it's, and it's like from there, if there are things that you want to change about yourself, right, then this is how you could approach that. Right. But it, at no point was she outright saying, except for the hair, nails, teeth thing. At no point was she like outright saying, these are bad. Don't do these at all. Right. Like mm-hmm. it was more, it was very much like, what is your personal take on sort of this process that she lays out for developing an attractive profile? Right. Because like, you know, for, for women, there's like such an explicit message of like, this is what you need to do to be attractive, right? Like there's a, so much money that's made off of like that whole industry, right? Which is like, I mean, there is sort of like, you know, ziz, like the whole ziz phenomenon amongst men. You know what I'm talking about? No. There's like this, I, there's like um this like YouTube series um, that I think is done by like the New York Times or some other like, you know, pretty major media establishment where this woman just like um, delves into various internet phenomena. And one of them is this guy Ziz. If you Google him, it's like Z-Y-Z-Z. And he's this bodybuilder. And literally his entire shtick is like trying to work out specifically to like build your physique, like not for strength, not for like, you know, the sort of like the (laughs) typical sort of like bodybuilding thing. It's literally just like working out muscles that like don't do anything except like put a bulge in your like (laughs) torso, (laughs) basically, you know? That's hilarious. And there's like this internet obsession with Ziz and Mm. Ziz literally died of like heart failure from working out too much at like in his 20s. Right. So like this is like clearly like this very unhealthy kind of like, you know, obsession with, you know, bodybuilding that he's promoting. And yet there's there's also a whole like subculture of men who like made these tribute videos to Ziz being like, you know, oh, I was so depressed before I found you. And like, you know, this is so inspirational and like see it as like this really uplifting thing. And so I just think it's a super interesting internet phenomenon of like on the one hand, it seems like there is some positive element of like, you know, these young men who are sort of like transforming their, you know, image of themselves and like seemingly becoming more confident, like through Ziz's like, you know, inspirational videos or whatever. But also there's like this very dark, like, (laughs) you know, underpinnings to it that, you know, is sort of inextricably (laughs) linked to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you like, you know, try to separate those things, right? Yeah, and I, man, there's like still a lot to unpack there. Like yeah. I, I like <laughs> feel that when this coach was talking about physique specifically, yeah. it was like more so how it's an indicator of like health and lifestyle than it is like a particular like desirability quality in a person. Um, <laughs> like. It, it, she talks a lot about like how in, instead like maybe Ziz with an asterisk, like instead of doing things that make you feel like this way, it's like do things that you love, do things that like 
make you feel great and that will build your confidence and it will help like the energy resonate to like the people that you want to attract which i think is a much healthier mm-hmm. approach than just saying you know work out these specific muscle groups to oh, be 100%. physically attractive to people uh yeah but like <laughs> and, and it's like it's to whatever extent that you want to engage in you know building your physique having a sense of style um, even like grooming to a certain extent, right? It's like you're only going to attract theoretically the types, the people who have a similar investment in those areas as you do, right? Like if you're not buying Tom Ford jackets, then you're probably not going to find like you know a fashion model to date. Most maybe maybe you will, maybe you won't, but like that's like generally the message that yeah, that's like generally what you know the coach was saying was that like invest in the areas that make you feel great, and you'll attract people that are also invested in those areas you know the core tenets of what she's teaching seem correct right like i i also advocate for a lot of the things that she's advocating mm-hmm. um you know there's something there's something about like monetizing it that i'm like eh. but <laughs> well like okay so like have you both seen queer eye yes like so like what do you think of that general concept of like you know this there's like this whole like like genre right of media that's based off of like taking these men who are like you know not super great at personal grooming or like don't have like a really strongly defined set of like goals in their life and things like that and like their whole like thing is like oh we're gonna come in and like give you this sort of like life makeover right do you feel like that is just like sort of exploitative reality tv or do you think there is sort of like something that's like kind of empowering about it you know yeah, I think old Queer Eye, like, I don't know if you ever saw the I've only seen, kind of first, yeah, I've only seen, like, the newer version. The newer iteration. The older iteration was super fucking toxic. Yeah. It was, like, absolutely was just exploitative reality TV, like, no question, yeah. right? Like, they come into this dude, and he, they'd be like, you dress like shit, and, like, <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> you know, like, it was just super toxic. I think newer iteration obviously is reality TV and like and this is inherently exploitative in that way. But I do think does a pretty good job of one not just doing men. Right. They've had some like other identifying people on. But also I think they really kind of drive home the like, you know, we're trying to meet you where you're at and then take you like three steps above that. So, you know, if you're someone that. Like, you know, you're not going to fucking sit down and make like a steak dinner for a date. Like maybe maybe we can teach you how to make some like chips and guac. And like that's that's sick, too. You know, um, so I think that I think I, I'm, I'm a fan of the newest, like the newest iteration of Queer Eye, because it does seem like, you know, these at least these five people do like seemingly do give a shit about this person as a person, you know, and like are willing to at times even like overlook some serious moral uh disagreements you know or moral misalignments you know they've had a couple of like pretty outward republicans on the show like homophobic or, you know, whatever. republicans yeah, yeah you know like people that are like or like you know they don't i don't know if they've had like hateful people on in terms of like towards gays they've had people they've had people that are like look i'd never ever hung out with a gay person and i voted for trump so like you know i think there's like good things really good things to take away about, you know, how you should view people or how you can treat people and also how you can treat yourself from the newest iteration. Yeah. 
And and for those of you who don't know, Queer Eye is basically a show where like these five gay men will come in and sort of like give you a makeover basically and like teach you how to like and each each of the, like the five men have some sort of like w- this is their wheelhouse. Like, you know, one of them teaches you like how to cook something and one of them teaches you how to like redo your wardrobe and I don't remember what the other three do. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's a wardrobe, hairstyle, um your house uh food and the newest iteration is like culture well it's been it's still culture but really like it's just karamo like being someone's therapist and like helping them work through their own like emotional intelligence basically (laughs) yeah emotional intelligence whereas the old the old iteration of culture i think was a little more literal like we're gonna take you to a museum (laughs) or like you're gonna yeah you're gonna watch a play or something like that yeah right (laughs) <laughs> um in june i i am going to be flying to scottsdale arizona to meet with a style consultant oh i thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say you were gonna be on queer eye or something <laughs> you're like in june i, I am I getting that much yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, getting the intervention done early when it's on my trips yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Wow, we're gonna have to have you on the show again to talk about your experience with the style consultant. <laughs> um, okay, so revisiting now that we've kind of like delved into this this class a little bit further, revisiting my question from the top of the episode. Um, are you glad you did it? I will stop asking if you think it's worth the nine hundred dollars, but are you glad <laughs> that you took the class? I am. I am pretty happy that I took it if for no other reason to validate the things that I thought I already knew about dating, right? right? Like just sort of the like internal struggle of like, am I just missing something? Did I like skip a class in high school? Right. Like I don't have that question anymore. Um, And, you know, we'll see to what extent I'm able to actually apply the things that were taught in this workshop or these workshops uh, or like how much I even want to. Uh, But it's good. I'm glad I did it so that I have like, a bit of a framework and a language to work around when it comes to mm-hmm. dating. And I also think that this is not at all like the, so one of the things we discussed DeAndre while you were gone was like the, the fact that it's like so many of these dating coaches are women. Right. And like, I've, I personally, I don't know if you have like ever heard of a male dating coach, like trying to coach women, but you know, this is this is definitely something that affects women, too. Like, I definitely know a number of women, especially women who are, like, trying to have kids who feel a lot of stress around dating, especially because, like, they feel like they're, like, literally on the clock, right? Of, like, you know, you typically start hitting menopause when you're, like, 37. And so, like, I know women in their 30s who are, like, oh, my God, like, I either have to freeze my eggs, which is super expensive, or, like... Just like, I don't know, like find someone to date right now and maybe I'm just not going to be able to hit some of these boxes that I want to check because like, you know, I just really, really want to have a kid or start a family or whatever. I know women who have been like, I really feel like I have failed at dating in in a way that is not like, you know, like they're they're not like sad or pathetic, like they're very successful in other ways. But like, you know, it's something that I think especially is more conditioned for women to like prioritize despite the fact that we're you know in this like sort of modern progressive era of being like you know hey like part of your identity should be around finding sort of like a life partner 
you know i yeah yeah i don't know shrey do you did you go into this having like what was your goal i guess what is your sort of like you know high level sort of like dating goal you know what i mean i really so like I don't have like tactical goals, right? Like it's not, it's not really about like, okay, in six months, I want to be in a relationship with someone who checks these boxes. That's, that's not really what I'm thinking about. What I was thinking about is like, am I approaching like this aspect of like emotional compatibility, physical compatibility in the way that's like helpful and like, like actually productive or have I been doing something either by virtue of my upbringing or experience in past relationships that's been detrimental to me. That's like a obvious, like, Oh, that's like a really small thing that in my mind that has like a big impact on my dating life. I can correct that pretty quickly and then make more progress in the dating realm. Um, and, and like, I do think that's what I got out of this class. Like I did get this sense of like, okay, like here are the foundations. You, you know how to date somebody like that's not, that, that's not the question. There are like maybe some small things you can tweak along the way to make the process easier, but it's going to be just a lot of time, a lot of practice, a lot of iterations through this marketing funnel of dating apps that sort of put you in, um, to, to get to, to whatever outcome that leads to. I guess my question is more along the lines of like, are you doing, are you like trying to date because you have those like goals of like having a family or something along those lines and you're trying to find like a life partner in like a serious way? Or is it more like, you know, I would like to have some companion, like what, wait, what is your like goal in that sense? It's, It's more on the companionship. Yeah. It's more on the companionship. I feel no, like I, don't have kids as of right now I don't want kids I don't imagine my mind really changing about the kid thing in the near future or at all ever right um but but I do you know to a very you know substantial degree long for that sort of companionship like somebody who I can have as a partner in life to share experiences with um also to get my grandma off my back about like being single (laughs) that would be great like that'd be super helpful Um, like (laughs) um like the path is clear is a phrase that I hear a lot from, from people in my family. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's, that's a side quest. I yeah. Think, to, to play. Well, what, what I think is so yeah. funny, especially at least for like, sort of like the, you know, Asian parent, like, you know, like stereotype of like pressuring you to like have a partner is that like, their want like their reasons for wanting you to have a partner may be very different from your reasons for wanting to have a partner, even if the end result yes. is the same. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes, yes. 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 And so there was, <laughs> so there, there was like a large period of my life and even like a portion of my life, right? Like my percentage of understanding right now, where like, if when I hit some unnamed age, I'm still not married, I might just like, you know, tell my parents, sure, let's do the arranged marriage thing. Like, let's, let's go for yeah, it. Let's see what uh, happens. Like, cause, but the, the problem that is I don't trust my parents to going to pick out a person who's compatible with me. <laughs> like that's, that's the, the crux of it. Like if I, and that's, you know, definitely a lot of that's on me too, that I don't share those parts of my life with my parents. So they don't know to, you know, what I'm looking for. Um, but like, there is something about like the whole, like modern arranged marriage process where it's like, yeah, like it's a lot less like obscured what people's intentions are and it's a lot more forthcoming about like what people desire and what they don't desire in a long-term relationship partner um and that's appealing to me in some some senses there's just like that transparency of like what's going to happen if if these two people are going to be in a room together um so i don't know i guess all that's to say that like when I think about what I want from my dating life, it really is that companionship, right? Like somebody to share life with. And, you know, if that becomes 
long-term partner marriage, that's great. If it doesn't, then at least I've like learned something more about myself emotionally than I had, you know, just being single for a long period of time. Uh, and I think that's sort of where, where I'm coming from in this whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really curious, do you know, Shrey, in the whole like arranged marriage ecosystem, is there generally gender parity for people who are like opting into that system or is there a lot more of one gender? I could not tell you. Um, I do know, like I do have friends here in the US who did opt for like an arranged marriage and they've had, you know, positive experiences with it. Like they love their partner, their partner loves mm-hmm. them. Everything is like totally. Great. Um, I don't think that's the norm by any yeah. means. Mm-hmm. Um, even, if, even if there's like, like I can think about like some conversations I've had with quote unquote grownups in the Indian community where they're like, oh, you just need to tell your parents what you want and then you know everything will be easier. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't believe that. I don't think that things will actually be easier if I just communicate my wants mm-hmm. and needs, which right. again, this is like therapy. Like, you know, maybe I should just communicate my wants <laughs> and needs. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like, I, I I guess where I'm going with this is that like, I, I think that I'm too far removed from like the dating experience in India itself mm-hmm. to be able to like speak eloquently or articulate the sentiments of what's common in that age. Uh, but like when I think about like coworkers, like they've had arranged marriages, you know, they seem to be doing well. So it's certainly an option that's viable and practical for people. And I'm not sure sort of what the gender representation is uh, in that, in that sort of sphere of long-term partnership. Right. Because like my guess based off of like, you know, just the culture of like, you know, like for example, like this class or something, right? Would be that there would be more men opting for arranged marriages than women, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. my intuition speaks to right? that as well, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be interested, I mean, I wish there was, there probably are stats on this. No, I'm sure there are, right? Yeah, and you know, like, I- you know, how many how many Americans are opting for an arranged marriage nowadays? Right, right, and I'm and I, and I never thought about how like I feel like there's like this what perception, regardless of like you know to what degree of truth there is of like the arranged marriage being like less intimate or more cold or whatever. But like it never occurred to me that actually that seems like that would foster a really intimate relationship between you and your parents, right? Yeah, yeah, and I <laughs> I also like. So I think it was in like a very, very early I'm the villain pod. I think DeAndre mentioned like that he had a friend that would consider an arranged marriage. And I, I like, I don't know if he was like sub subtweeting me in that conversation <laughs> or not. Uh, but like, I, I wholeheartedly think that people that have arranged marriages will likely have stronger and longer lasting marriages than people that go out and find someone. And what's though. the rationale? Because it requires like that ability to communicate effectively commitment and also, like, when I say commitment, I mean, like, longevity, not necessarily, like, to an individual person. Like, just, like, I'm here for the long haul. And also, like, the stronger bonds that you build within your family when you're bringing an like, arranged marriage is less about these two people becoming a partnership and more about the families coming right. together. Right. And so, like, for those three reasons, like, a supportive community, you know, having that, like, ability to communicate and also having a commitment to the longevity, like, it to me, it gets rid of a lot of the variables that are in the equation when in sort of quote unquote traditional right. dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it, to yeah, me, I mean, it think, also seems like a very, like, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, like the whole paradox of choice phenomenon, right? Like it really mitigates that 
maximize kind of like issue that I think really plagues modern day dating, right? Of being like, look, you know what? We have like a very specific goal, right? We don't have to be like literally the whatever soulmates or whatever, right? And I think mm-hmm. that sort of like very straightforward approach to it is maybe more likely to have long-term success, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe yeah. we're doing it all right. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's like cultural stuff at play, obviously. Well, it just seems right? like it, 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 it makes for more realistic expectations in my mind. Yeah, I think that you know, I think like for the average American, like divorce is like very much an option. Yeah. Right, and they're like, and I think even the presence of that option, or like feeling like that's like a viable way to go can lead to some maybe like disinvestment in longevity like reference to what Shrey was saying you know mm-hmm. like or like you know a few there's certainly power in feeling like you have to make this work and like there is a certain level of like i think that you know it so many of the issues that i feel like so many of my friends have in dating is feelings that they can't find this perfect person that like you know checks all these boxes but if you go in with this presumption that like yeah it's obviously not going to be perfect we're obviously going to have to like you know work certain things out and like you know i think especially from a poly perspective that's like kind of like the the mentality that i have about every relationship and i think probably deandre you would agree right, right? that like yes that's, absolutely. that's just like how people should approach every relationship no matter what and like not right. assume that you can find that perfect person right <laughs> i think i mean i think the non-monogamy thing is like in some ways like our direct response and or a solution to that issue yeah right Exactly, right? Like there's like big big Alande Baton vibes where like you're gonna be unhappy, right? right? Like that's that's just right. the reality. You just have to choose the, the way you wanna be unhappy the most. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean way before I you know started doing non monogamy, I think it was even with Shrey and our friend James, like where we were talking about like an episode of a podcast where it's like this person was like, Yo, you can only know your partner like 60 percent, and your partner can only know like 60 percent of you mm-hmm. and i felt you know i felt very like disillusioned by that when i first heard it you know yeah yeah and i think like you know if people had more of that kind of mentality i think is endemic to both poly and sort of like arranged marriages like you most people could probably date most people if they just felt like they would have the mentality of like okay we can i'm gonna have to deal with these flaws and we're just gonna try to make it work expect to have to hash some hash some shit out yeah exactly (laughs) wow wow <laughs> wow, wow. Um, Shrey, are there any other like kind of like last remarks you want to give on your experience with this this thing? Anybody single out there, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're interested in dating like the Ken Jennings of our show, <laughs> great guy. Has a nice nice townhouse. Thinks deeply about moral issues. Thinks deeply about moral issues. Has a pool table. <laughs> In, in my garage in his garage <laughs> and a speaker system <laughs> um is that exactly yeah. how you market yourself on your tinder profile Shrey? <laughs> or your Not hinge profile no. <laughs> do you Not use the word traveler 
No, I I really don't. That's one thing she said That's not good. to do, right? Yeah, like almost That's explicitly. Yeah. yeah. But wait, why did she That's say good. that was bad? Because you don't stand out from yeah, the It's just a really generic thing. Everyone people. likes to travel. I like to travel. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people listing list traveling as a hobby. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because how could that be? What do you mean? You know, like, I mean, to me, a hobby is something that you do. I feel like you have to do something with some kind of regular frequency in order to call it a hobby. But I think that if you like traveling, but you don't do it, but you only do it once a year, that's not a hobby. You know, that's just, that's just something you like to do. Well, here's the thing that I think would make it a useful piece of information is if you are the person who is willing to plan all of the travel. Right. <laughs> right. And that's a variation you could put on your dating. You could be like, I'm willing to plan all of our trips. Because that's a that's, serious like green flag. Right. That's a fun that's a variation. Yeah, maybe you should be a dating coach, Isabel. Maybe it's you. <laughs> the spoiler is that we've been talking about Isabel's dating course this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Shreya, I mean, when you the the bad thing about being the Ken Jennings on the show is that I don't really know how to engage you for the outro. <laughs> you know, like I really, like, I don't know, like our audience knows well, a lot about okay, you already. Shreya, why don't you, if you were to design your own dating course, what would be your top one or two pieces of advice now that you have mm. gone through a dating course? It's a good question. Wow, that is such a good question. Um, so I think a big theme of it would be like have emotional intelligence, <laughs> and if you if you don't just have, have it, it. develop it. <laughs> It's like telling develop depressed it. people just like be happy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> figure out, figure it out, dude. You got to get it though. It's a must-have. Right, right. That's that's gonna be a big part of it. Um, um, do things that make you feel great. Yeah, and don't stress about it. You know, just just have fun. Just try to chill. Enjoy, enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. I, th- I think to go off of your first one in that vein, have platonic female friends. If you're, you know, assuming you're a cis oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Learn. Yeah. yeah. And learn how to have conversations with women that don't, you know, with like without that intention in the back of your head of like, maybe I can try to fuck them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because like, that's like my number it one. It will help a lot. For my, for my, you know, male friends who are like having that issue, I feel like that is the number one if in terms of just like, you know, figuring out how to develop emotional intelligence, like having female friends is really key, you know? Yeah, it'll help a lot. For sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Just like being a fly on the wall for those conversations that your like female friends are having about the terrible men that they've seen. And, and then you can reflect inwardly and be like, damn, have I done that? Right. Do I do that? Yeah. Seems like my friends don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how you have to be friends with those people to be privy to that like insider knowledge yeah, or whatever in yeah, the first place, you right? That, you need that insider knowledge yeah. for sure. Um. Well, I mean, is there anything you want to plug, Shrey? Um, Axios local newsletter. <laughs> Subscribe to your Axios local newsletter. Subscribe to it. Shrey Uh, definitely doesn't have anything to do with that or anything. (laughs) We just launched Axios Raleigh and Axios Searchman on Monday, so uh, that's sick. uh, You should you should like and subscribe. You can't like it, just subscribe. (laughs) Uh, Um. (laughs) I love how Shrey always has like you know something to endorse, whether it's like the Wikimedia Foundation. 
<laughs> so funny. Um, I'm heading to Raleigh right after the, we record this pod to hang out with Shrey quietly, but to loudly get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> so if you want to see that tattoo, leave a comment on the post that we make about you know pr- promoting this episode. <laughs> um, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter. That's our Gmail, and that's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye.